0: Welcome everyone to another episode of Legal Tech Week, the show where our panel of expert journalists and bloggers talk about the top stories in legal tech and innovation from the past week. Today is October 20th, 2023. I am Bob Ambrogi. I have a blog called Law Sites and a podcast called Law Next. Uh, We have a guest panelist joining us today, Kristen Calvi. Kristen, you want to say hello and introduce yourself?
1: Hey, everybody. It's good to, well, not see you, see you. Um, Bob an amazing amazing host. Um, And we've gone back a few years. I'm editor and publisher of Corporate Counsel Business Journal. Our primary focus is on professional and personal development for legal executives that runs the gamut of law technology, legal operations, CLOs, everybody who's in the family.
0: And also the Pinhock publications and, uh, and which, uh, our Jeff Brandt is an occasional columnist here, uh, edits, uh, your, one of your publications there.
1: I know, but I don't like to A brag. columnist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My brain is not working today. He's not an occasional columnist here. He's an occasional columnist. panelist here. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us. And, uh. Uh, among our our usual suspects here, uh, Steve, want to kick us off, introducing yourself? Sure. Hey, Steve Embry here ag- again. Uh,
2: <laughs> I write the blog Tech Law Crossroads about legal innovation and legal technology, and basically whatever the hell else I want to talk about.
0: Um, I'm happy to be here again. <laughs> and we're happy to have you. And Victor.
3: Hi, everyone. My name is Victor Lee. I am assistant managing editor for the ABA Journal. Uh, covering business of law and technology, and I'm happy to be here too.
0: <laughs> and uh, last but not least, Stephanie.
4: Hi, I'm Stephanie Wilkins, Editor-in-Chief of Legal Tech News at ALM, and I feel like I have to say I'm happy to be here now. Otherwise, I am an odd one out, but sure, I'm here.
2: <laughs> so, we were, uh, I don't know, the various we things were all, to talk about. We were, we were all happy to be here, and we we're all happy to be wearing glasses, as Stephanie pointed out before we started. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh. I
0: didn't even notice that, All the all-glasses edition of Legal Tech Week. Um, the, the, lots of stuff to talk about this week, but uh, one of the interesting things that happened over the last couple of weeks, really, was there's sort of this, a whole bunch of conferences that were all new this year, um, kind of representative of the fact that it started, it sometimes feels like it's getting to the point where you could be going to a legal tech or legal practice conference anyway, uh, just about every week of the year if you if you so desire to do that and if you're a real glutton for punishment um, but we uh, I mean a, a bunch of us were, were just back from last week for, from Clio and then uh, I had gone last week to the km and innovation conference which I talked about a little bit on, on the show last week which was the inaugural conference put on uh, by uh, Joshua fireman and Patrick D Domenico but what, what which was actually a response to, a different conference that they used to help put together that then moved to Chicago, so they decided they needed to put on a conference in New York uh, to uh, to. Uh, bring it back to New York, I guess, and uh, we talked about that a little bit last week because I was we did the show I was on the conference floor. And I did write something about that uh, over the course of this week and I I thought it was a really good conference actually I thought they did a really good job, especially for. Especially for our first conference, but uh, you know, by all measures, they they, they sold out all the seats, they sold out all the vendors, they put on a good program with some really good speakers, so I thought that was a success, Uh, but both. Uh, Stephanie attended a conference this week that was, I think, a first, right? For for the one you attended or not? The, the, the women. Oh uh, no, it's not their I don't know first if it's a conference, really. Yeah. it's not it's, the first. Oh
4: no, it's a it, no. It's, it's a very big conference, actually. It's like over seven hundred people this year.
0: Oh, I somehow yes. was not aware it was of it.
4: The first time, well, because it's women's conference, probably <laughs> you weren't on their short list of people to attend. Um, yeah,
0: but I do read the news.
4: (laughs) Um, but it was the first year it was in New Orleans.
0: Um, what's it called? The women in
4: women influence and power in law. It's actually really great. I could talk more about it, but yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Kristen, who's here joining us was also at a first conference that I kind of a response to another conference. Uh, I think, uh, maybe that's stretching it a little bit, but, uh, you were at the, uh, the the Legal Ops conference that took place in Las Vegas, which uh, was not called that. It was called Running Law Like a Business or something like that, or not that, that's not it.
1: I think that's pretty uh, close to it. Um, it was, <laughs> well, I'll, it. I'll share a little. It was- Tell us a little bit about it. Um, Well, Connie and Jeff were the primary backers of it who were the original founders of clock back in the day. Um,
0: Connie Breton and Jeff, what's Jeff's last name?
1: Frank, I can't pronounce it correctly. It's Frankie, Frankie, F-R-A-N-K-E. And he's, and I've, I've spoken, I've known them for years and years and years um, and they are thought leaders in that in the legal ops space. The interesting part about that conference was the women's general counsel network was a sidecar, like a companion to this conference. Um as a person in the press I was banned from that part of it, which is okay. If I don't I don't know what what dirty deeds they're gonna <laughs> share has <laughs> said it's okay um but even Connie, though
0: you have a publication for corporate counsel
1: well they do um because actually our former colleague allison hoffman is a part of the women's general counsel network and runs the new york chapter okay and it takes it takes three thousand miles for me to see her um
0: mm-hmm. This is this is the incestuous little world of AL, of former people, of people who formerly worked at ALM, uh, where Stephanie currently works. But Kristen and I worked there together. Victor worked there. Uh, Allison Hoffman, who you mentioned, used to be the general counsel of, of uh, ALM. So uh, a long list of people.
1: Well, and, and some of us worked there the last time Wasserstein owned it. Right. <laughs> it <laughs> um, goes but around, it comes
0: around. Yeah, I
3: think yes. I was between. I was at in the now. I was like between. Between the awat the ownerships. So, yeah.
1: Oh, you were there when it was like Summit or the other yeah, one it was like it was
3: like some yeah, it was like other summit or no, what was the other one? Um, start with the I. I don't remember. Yeah, it was some some hedge fund. Incisive. Yes. Incisive,
0: yeah.
1: Wasn't so, it incisive? So we so we all have our little taste of the ALM experience. Um, the the conference was amazing. Um, we run an, an ops conference ourselves. We had one, I think, three weeks ago, and I've been to Clock a thousand every year, and we've been covering them since 2015. Um, so it was an interesting juxtaposition in terms of it being hello children, people. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's an interesting conference in that one. It was not so much about consuming technology. And it was more about the, the long view of being influential in, term, in your company um, or your law firm, however you, you wanna skin that cat. And uh, a, lo- a lot of legal ops executives, they look at the world in terms of, we need to deploy certain technology versus getting buy-in, how are we gonna do this? Also, how do you, uh, how do I say this, educate people who are not a part of legal, whether they're the CEO or the COO? So that I, it was really the long view of being an influencer. And I, I've and I, I spoke with a number of people, including the uh, sponsors. It, it wasn't a hugely, it wasn't like going to Legal Week. It wasn't a thousand people.
0: Yeah, but would exhibiting. the comparison be more like the Clock? How does this compare, like the Clock, which is also focused on legal operations?
1: Well, they are, but they are mostly my interpretation over the years has been the Clock Conference is more about tools versus leadership skills and being strategic and, and maybe that's changed or, you know, waned a wee bit, but I, I've, I felt that this was really <laughs> about how to be a part of the company versus being technical.
0: Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I mean I guess I, I had sort of had in my mind, and maybe this is speaking out of school, that that in a sense this this was because because of the two organizers of this conference were a little estranged, I think, from uh from clock that, that in part this conference was organized as a counter to clock or alternative to clock. Um is that is that off base to think that or
1: I, I I don't disagree with that my my sense and I've like I said I've known Connie and Jeff for a number of years this was like a legal operations 3.0 if yeah. that makes sense where it's not about what software to buy yeah um and and more about how to be an influencer within the community and and the second part of that is always how to support the business units, which is if it's the sales team or procurement, how do you support them versus putting like orange cones around everybody? Interesting. But what Um, do I know?
0: What do any of us
2: know? (laughs) That's what I was just (laughs) going to say. I don't don't think any of us knows very
0: much. (laughs) we just we just report what other people say that's our job um, well uh so that, that that's interesting um and uh stephanie i mean i did you want to just it might be a good time to just talk a little bit about the uh, the women and in influencers yeah. conference uh as a as a kind of a contrast to that
4: yeah i'm happy to um i agree with colin's comment in the and con- the Comments that, you know, I kind of wish some of these legal tech shows were more spread out. Like yeah. if I was delayed, I got in it. I got home at like 2 a.m. and I'm just wiped after five weeks of conferences. Um, but yeah, uh Whipple, Women, Influence and Power in Law. It's actually a really great show. I went last year in DC, but I had been in this job for about three weeks at a time. So I didn't know anything about anything, or I had no really comparison to make to other conferences um but this year this is the first year it was not in dc they moved it to new New orleans it's going to be bouncing around to different cities i it'll be in chicago next year but not at the hyatt um and i know there's another hotel who knew where
3: Um, else else could they possibly go
4: i know i I will let you know i was so excited for that um and
2: i know how disappointed you are i know (laughs) we all know i love the hyatt
4: um But no, it's like, so it's, it's uh, sponsored by our corporate counsel publication. So, I mean, it was, I mean, it is on paper, it is geared toward GCs and things like that, but it's really expanded a lot since then. I mean, you get law firm people this year, there was like more people from the legal tech world than ever before than I'd seen. Um, And so there were some really good panels and it really is great. Like I'm, I will admit that I'm the first one to be a little wary when someone's telling me there's a women's event because, you know. I've been to too many things that are like fluffy and everything's pink and just really saccharine. And this was not that at all. It's very empowering. It's just people, women being honest on every, I mean, I went to a a Gen AI panel. There's really high profile um, keynote speakers. Like we had Brooke Shields this year, but then there were also panels on, you know, women's health and things that no one talks about in the industry. But it really is like it spans the whole gamut. And the panels they put together, the people on them are just so incredibly impressive. Like I moderated two panels. They weren't even about tech. One was about, you know, the balancing act and being present in work and life. And the other one was on global supply chains and sanctions and had people from Estee Lauder and Coca-Cola on it. So it really is, you know, but it's just so it's very well run. They have their own awards. I co-hosted the awards and it's just everyone I know who goes for the first time says it's great. Like a couple, a couple of the women from Lex Fusion went this time up level ops went this time, you know, case text was a sponsor. So it's getting more traction in the legal tech space. Um, And it's just really like, I don't know what their secret sauce is to making it so good, but they've done it really, really well. And that's not just, I'm not just saying that because it's an ALM conference. (laughs) So and
0: what was? Did you see Brooke Shields' keynote? And I was curious what she talked about. It was
4: great. Well, it was particularly interesting because, and so Heather Nevet, it was a fireside chat. Heather Nevet like navigated it really well because since uh, there's still the actors' strike on, she wasn't allowed to talk about any movie or TV show she'd been in. She could talk about her one-woman Broadway show but she couldn't talk about anything else. But so it was really a lot more about her, just her experience. So, I mean, she talked about her experience coming up in the industry. You know, she's 58 now and has been working since she was 11 months old. So she had a lot to say on just, you know, navigating and how it has changed for women over time and navigating the workplace, but also just, you know, she famously wrote that book about the postpartum depression when Tom Cruise publicly attacked her, she addressed that. But it was just a lot about, you know, finding your voice and now she's an entrepreneur and like going from having been controlled as a young person, her whole career from literally 11 months old to now being this powerful woman, that's an entrepreneur. And like, she's raising two daughters and just like taking over the business side of it and, you know, not being apologetic and letting people walk all over you. And it was actually really, really good. Like I expected it to be good, but it was incredibly inspiring and she's really smart. So it was just it was great. All
0: right. Since none of us were none of, none none other of us were there. I, I guess we, we we can't comment on it. Uh
4: there was you know, a man, of, it was the first year they ever had a panel of men, though. They did. They
0: all men? A panel. Yeah. Is it a mantle? A
4: panel with well, with a female moderator. But yeah, they purposely added one on allyship in the workplace. And the three men on it had, I don't know who they asked, but were specifically. Recommended by people who had found them to be a great ally and supporter through their career. So that it was interesting. It was at the end, but it was an interesting one.
0: This was a, kind of an interesting thing that happened during that KMNI conference I was at, because I was posting pictures to LinkedIn, and that 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 conference was very uh, diverse. I mean, there were a, a far more—not far more, but probably—I think it was like sixty percent women to forty percent men at the conference. The panels reflected that. Uh, but there was one mantle at the conference, which it happened to be a mantle because it was uh, a, a client and an outside provider talking about something they had done together, and they both happened to be men. But um, I posted a picture of that and got all this feedback on LinkedIn about how oh, too bad they're having mantles at this conference, and I'm, I'll never go to that conference because it doesn't represent. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and, and like, it was so weird because so, all of the pan- I mean, several of the panels were all women. The keynote was a woman. I mean, it was a very diverse uh, conference overall. And it was so it was kind of strange that huh. people on LinkedIn who weren't there picked up on this one photo to criticize the entire conference. But that turned into a discussion of, of whether of the flip side of you shouldn't have all male panels, but should you have all female panels? Or is that also wrong? It was like this bizarre conversation yeah. on, on LinkedIn that uh, yeah. totally yeah. distracted. And it was, it was upsetting to some of the people who were there. This was happening while we were there. And some people were really offended by it, who were you know helping to helping to organize the panels.
4: That's really interesting. I mean, because Whipple is a women's conference, so it's obviously all women's panels. Yeah. Um, I don't know that men aren't allowed to go, but <laughs> men just don't go. But they haven't had you new know, women. So this was a very specific men panel moderated by a woman. But apparently there still were. I mean, I heard rumblings. like Some people were like, why would they have a panel of men? I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's three days of amazing things and now they're talking about how men can help with allyship and you're mad at that yeah. like and the people on it like Patrick Fuller from ALM was one of them and if anyone knows him I know Nancy yeah. just said it in the comments he's like one of the kindest human beings in the world and I don't know how you would ever be mad at him on a panel
0: yeah well,
1: so Bob if I can and Stephanie I'll jump in on this because we host we're actually coming into our fifth annual women's conference and we make a tremendous effort to try to we just ran our 50 women to watch um and when we when we host our events whether they're tech conferences or or our women's event we try to recruit men to join because they uh they believe that they're not welcome and my my perspective is always that they should hear what's going on and be a part of it. I have um, one colleague who's spoken for us a couple of times and it's informative of his perspective, how he deals with um, women in the workplace. And I think that um, it's, it's not a sorority, right? Stephanie, like it's you know, we're, we're all in it together because we want to have the best workplace. And if we all just talk to each other, then that's crazy in my mind. Like we all should be sharing. I also have, um, a certain age group of children where we're dealing with pronouns. I'm not dealing with pronouns. My child isn't dealing with pronouns. (laughs) But there's this whole pronoun business, um, which is super fun because everybody's just they in my universe. So I just want to interject that, you
4: know, if 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 we all work in silos, then it doesn't make for the best outcome. Well, and I think your your comment about the pronouns and you know people who are now, you know, non-binary that's going to be a big an increasing issue in terms of it's a women's conference like I said I don't think it's only women invited and I also I mean this started this conference started like 10 years ago long before I was involved but it has grown significantly over time and I'm fairly certain you know the first initiative was a very small group of women getting together when women's voices were not heard a lot and it's so popular that it's grown and it's going to be I mean the fact that they had their first male panel I mean it's going to be an ongoing conversation of how these things look going forward for sure.
0: Yeah, well, next year, uh, Victor and Steve, you guys with me, will crash the uh, Women Influence and <laughs> Power Conference.
4: Oh, I told you it's <laughs> at, at the Hyatt. At least right? hang out at the Go bar. To
0: the Hyatt. <laughs> <laughs> at the yeah, Hyatt, at the Hyatt, I wouldn't miss yeah, it.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm already pretty, pretty well known at the Hyatt, so yeah, I, I don't know
0: about it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty well known at the Hyatt. That's an mm, interesting thought. When I was leaving um,
4: last time after uh, whatever, relativity fast. They were like, "Oh, we hope to see you again soon." I'm like, "I have no doubt that you will." <laughs> <No>.
2: <laughs> like, yeah. so it would be even worse if they if they said, "We hope to see you again, Stephanie." <laughs> then you, you know, know you're in the usual table,
3: your usual table, sir.
4: Like, oh, it's well, like the, it's like the shining. The yeah, it's we like the shining. The you room. have yeah, you have always lived at the Hyatt, Stephanie. It's the shining.
0: No, I mean, tech show, tech show has over the years been, I used to be at the Sheraton way back when, and then it was at the, what, the Hilton? It was the Hilton, Hilton right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was the hills at Hilton, uh, yeah. yeah, it, the Hilton, I actually liked the Hilton for it. But, I liked uh,
3: it a lot at the Hilton too. Like, I I, 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 I mean, think. I liked that it was, it was nice and small and compact. Everything was sort of like within, you know, just like a few, yeah, you know, like, but yeah, I, I, I guess they felt like they, they, uh, they had outgrown it. And um, I mean, there was talk that might even move to the McCormick Place, which is the huge convention center here um, in Chicago, but that, that didn't happen this year at least, so. Yeah. Stay or tuned. Next year, yeah. Yeah, no, I know it's on the agenda. I mean, McCormick Place is a schlep for those of us who live in Chicago. So, yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> for, I, I, for anybody who hasn't had enough conferences, I know the uh, Net Documents Conference is coming up this week in San Antonio. And uh, on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday, I think here in Boston is the National Docketing Association, which is the group oh. that uh, represents all the people in law firms who deal with the... Uh, <clears throat> docketing and filing all the all the electronic court documents. And I'm, I'm actually gonna be on a panel there on Sunday on uh, talking about that North uh, Carolina order that came down a while ago, the standing order from a judge yeah. saying you can't use uh, any of these services like Pacer Pro or Docketbird or whatever. So we're gonna have a panel on that on Sunday this week.
4: What's with Sunday conferences? I mean. <laughs> I know, really. Right. All in Boston too. Like, I'm like, why should we have start? Like not even just, Oh, roll in. And it's like a Sunday. night reception? It's like we have programming all day Sunday. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it, it actually
0: starts Monday and it, it's one of those things where on, on Sunday they've got like some pre programs and stuff like that. I think that's the way it is. I think the thing I'm on is like a pre program panel. Uh, I'm not going to the rest of the conference. Uh, all right. Well, uh, moving on to some of the news this week and some of the stories this week, uh, uh victor you you had one that raised uh, some interesting issues about uh using google search want to talk about that
3: yeah i guess first uh well well first i'll mention i i think the, like uh i put in there the thing about as well about how um, the la the, the lsac oh, yeah. is eliminating the, the logic games which made me which made me you know really happy because I, I hated those things when i when i had to the all set um they would abandon the my existence for like you know a few months um <laughs>
4: those are
3: my favorite part oh god i hated those like i i i i I was working for a lawyer at the time When i took and i asked her i was just like do you use this stuff in law school she goes i used it in law school but that's because i got married and when i was in law school and so i had to use it to like figure out okay well i gotta put my family at this table but i can't put this person next to this (laughs) person i can't you know i can't put these people at the same table as this table so so sure enough when i was planning when, 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 when my wife and i were planning our wedding that that was when that stuff started coming back to me so that's the only time in the last you know However many years I've I've used uh, those those logic games. So good riddance They're to them. They're just trying to make uh, it
0: easier for GPT to pass the bar. That's all.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so good riddance to them. But um the story that I that I put was that was a uh, um I'll put it in the chat for everyone. Basically, yeah, there's um there was a decision in Colorado uh, which um, they refused to toss out evidence that was obtained through a keyword search warrant. So basically, um, they uh, I think they uh, they obtained a warrant requiring Google to disclose. IP addresses of devices that are used, um, um, that 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 are connected through the search, like in a house, like uh, like, um, uh, like related to an arson, uh, like like so. So if if you put the address in the search for, um, you know, the search online, they would they would then get the IP address of anyone who sorts that address and then and then search them. And so, um, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, we've been hearing that like this kind of stuff is going to become more, you know, especially with 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 GPT and those kind of tools. You know, you know, these kind of things could become much more common. Um, and I mean, it's not like a new thing. I mean, I think like Casey Anthony, K- Casey Anthony's case from several years ago, there was a, um, a thing about like she, she, she allegedly put in a Google query about like I, was like, I was like something about like relating to like how do you bury a kid or something like that. Um, um, I, I could be, I could be misquoting that one, but like, <clears throat> I mean, these kind of keyword searches have long been kind of, have long been considered to be, you know, part of part of the criminal. I guess investigation investigatory process but now with you know with, with, with generative ai kind of like supercharging all that stuff and making people start to use it more like i, I i'm sure this 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 topic is going to become much more uh prevalent in the, in, in the coming years and you know i guess in this case um they found that this person has searched um for the home address 14 times before 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 the um uh, before the incident so i guess that was another Thing that they pointed to is like well nobody searches for an address 14 times you know unless there's some kind of connection you know to 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 to, to something so
0: apparently so, they've never used zillow <laughs>
3: well yeah or or uh or, or was this okay or or any of those uh yeah or, or not yeah like like those, those 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 type of uh um yeah i mean so so it'll be interesting to, to see see where, where this goes obviously civil liberties. Civil liberties um, and and electronic um, uh, privacy advocates are, are 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 worried about this, um, and you know, it'll, it, I mean, because I mean, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, well, what what happens if you're searching searching an address for like a house that you might want to buy, or 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 a property you're interested in, or or or, or something? So, I, I mean, so it'll be interesting to, to see where this goes, and 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 then with generative AI making it much more easier for people to kind of do this stuff, mm-hmm. I imagine this will become a much a much bigger issue going forward.
0: What what I understand did they did they was was the warrant just for like anybody who searched for this zip code I mean or or were they I mean for that for the zip code for the address or or were they specifying it to certain individuals that 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 they suspected you know
3: yeah I don't I don't really know how you could narrow it down I mean I mean I I I think it would just be yeah like whoever whoever searched whoever searched like um I, I'll I'll have to take a look at it um. Like more closely i mean i i mean i don't i don't i i, I imagine that because this this stuff is done by ip address right it's not it's not um so i mean even with the ip address is like well it could be it could be anyone who uses that that specific that specific router or anyone who like you know leeches off that signal or anybody who you know it, it's 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 not it's not it's it, it's it's going to be tough to narrow it down anyway because you know there could be like you know what if what whatever is that computer that like a lot of people have access to or what if it's like one of those things so but but I mean I, I mean I guess yeah you know you can make the argument that look like if someone's gonna search for a specific address 14 times um, unless they live there or unless it's you know some kind of yeah pending transaction or whatnot it's not it's not a natural like as was the last time when was the last time anybody anybody you know anybody anybody here like you know did that for an address they, they had no connection to or no. You know, like, like didn't have an int- didn't have some kind of financial interest in or proprietary interest. So you could argue that yeah, it, no, no normal person would do that unless they're planning something. But then it's like, well, but what are they planning? Like it's it's not you know just because they look for the address doesn't mean they're necessarily gonna do something. It just you know in this case it could have just been it could just been the coincidence that 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 that, that, that this happened. So it, it definitely raises a lot of issues. I mean, I, I still think that there, there, there's there, there's a little bit of a missing link there. But I mean, who knows what other evidence they had.
4: I mean, to me, it seems like there's two different directions and one makes more sense than the other. If like if there's an arson, and you're trying to figure out who did it and looking at everyone who Googled that address, that's really broad. But if you have a Casey Anthony who you think is highly suspect and you're like, what did she look for? Oh, she looked up foolproof suffocation. That seems like a more directed route than just being like, let's try to find anybody out there who Googled this neighborhood, you know?
0: Yeah, that's the scary part. I mean, at what point do you become a suspect just because right. you Google something and, and how many times you have to Google it to, to make you a suspect? It's it's, yeah. it's a very weird thing.
4: Well, I mean, in fact, like we always all of us have joked like, oh, I'm on some list now for doing this search, but apparently we might be.
0: No, yeah. we haven't all joked. That.
3: Well,
4: well, that's what they got. that's what they got. <laughs> that's what they got. Menendez.
3: That's what they got. Bob Menendez. Right. When he when he when he typed in, how much is a, How much is a How much is a kilo of gold worth or something like that? Because I mean, nobody nobody's going to type that in unless I, I mean. Yeah, unless 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 you have a reason to, right? I mean, I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna be like, hey, how much is a gold is a kilo of gold worth just theoretically?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, to, you know, to me, it I mean, I see lots of mischief that could come from this. I mean, particularly with all the all the uh, vigorous uh, attempts to penalize uh, abortion providers and people who get abortions to that effect i mean so if you live in texas and you you google a abortion clinic in the state where abortion is legal does that make you assess i mean i just i don't know it's kind of the whole thing sounds a little creepy to me <laughs>
0: right yep sounds pretty creepy to me well,
3: i guess i guess um, in this case they actually they actually hit a dead end with their investigation they had, they had no leads so then then they use the reverse uh, keyword keyword search and then they found like during like a two-week period leading up to the arson, uh, there were there were five IP addresses that had searched for that specific address. And, 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 and then was, and, and then they use that to, to narrow down the suspects. So
4: interesting.
0: It's also a reminder that Google knows everything about us.
3: Yeah. Yep, Google and they'll turn it sure. over. So, you know, like, I mean <laughs> they, they may talk a good game, but they'll they'll turn it over just like everybody else will. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um all right. Well, I'm going to uh, jump to the story that I had this week because I thought it was kind of significant news, which is the uh, launch by uh, VLex, aka uh-huh. Fastcase, or the merge of VLex and Fastcase, of their new legal research tool that they've kind of been talking about uh, right since the the time that uh, of the merger back in May, March, whenever that was. Uh, but you know, right right at the time that they merged, they said, "Well, this is going to be." This is going to be powerful in terms of kind of creating this uh, uh, data set that could really drive some powerful generative AI legal research tools, given that VLex has claimed at the, the largest uh, international set of, of, of primary law materials from over 100 countries and multiple languages around the, around the globe um so this week they they rolled out their the first kind of first iteration uh of this it's it's their their generative ai uh le- legal research answer i guess to to uh case text co-counsel and some of the other ones out there uh and uh it's it's actually built on uh Vincent this Vincent ai platform that that Vlex had already developed a few years ago uh and um uh, but it's from, from what I've seen of it so far, I, I, I have not been hands on with it, but I've, I've had a couple of opportunities to see it demoed uh, in a couple of different contexts. And uh, it, it's still in beta um, in a lot of ways, but it's pretty cool, uh, I, I thought. and. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it addresses, I mean, ba- the, you know, the basic model is that uh, it, it's kind of got like four main skills. And one of the skills is simply answer a legal question, uh, kind of like what co-counsel and some of the other ones do. Uh, another one is to build a legal argument. So you can kind of put in a proposition. Uh, whoops, we just lost Kristen. Uh, put in a proposition and... Uh, uh, it will you know, build build an argument around that and, and based on actual cases and statutes and regulations and whatever else. Uh, and then it also has this pretty powerful ability to to do create multi-state or multi-country surveys of the law. You know, you, can, you know, do a 50-state survey of the law. You know, something that could take hours, if not days, to do. Uh, this will do it in a couple of minutes. Uh, and so it, it's pretty cool. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple, a couple of the nice things about it is that, uh, it's, it's, it gives you, when you give it a question, like, it'll it'll give you the answer in the form of a legal memorandum where it it gets pretty detailed and it gives you the quick summary answer, but it also has a a memorandum that kind of breaks through the applicable case law, applicable statutes, this and that, uh, and, and even talks about some of the sort of the other sides of the issue, the negatives of the issue, the things to watch out for, be concerned about. Um, and it, it also gives you, of course, all of the, over as you're looking at this on The left-hand side of your screen, you're seeing on the right-hand side of your screen, all the actual source documents that it's basing its, its uh, conclusions on. So of course, you're always able to go in and check for yourself that it's not hallucinating and not making something up. Uh, and it even gives you, as it's showing the source documents, uh, kind of a little quote, uh, right from the, the most relevant part of the source document, So you can see that as well. Um, so they, they've done a good job with it. It's very much in beta, um, and uh, um, uh, you know, I think I think it's kind of maybe uh, helping to kind of set a new bar for for what how uh, generative AI can be used in legal research. Uh, I, I also just to kind of <laughs> jump to something else that was in the news last week. Thought it was kind of interesting that that they put this out there because, as I said, one of one of the skills is it can help you build an argument. Uh, and, uh, if you didn't happen to notice it last week, there was, uh, a story in the news of the, uh, oh. uh, the, Fugees, uh, uh, the, uh, the former Fujis uh, star, um, um, I don't have, I forget his name now, Pros Michel, who is suing, uh, he was, uh, convicted, uh, in federal court of, uh, what was it, money laundering? I forget what he was convicted of exactly, but he filed a suit last week against his former lawyer. Uh, where's the story I thought I had it right here? Here it is, Mm -hmm. Um, in which he is claiming that his former lawyer, he got ineffective assistance of of counsel because his former lawyer relied on an AI technology to help craft his closing arguments in the case. uh, And uh, that by by relying on a a company called iLevel, which I had never even heard of before, iLevel AI, I think it is, helped him create his uh, closing arguments in the case and that and that uh, michelle is is alleging that uh, because the lawyer used ai relied on ai i guess to deliver these closing arguments uh, that the lawyer delivered ineffective assistance of counsel seems to also be an allegation there which seems to be maybe more critical to all of this that the lawyer might have had a a financial interest in the uh in in the uh, technology that he used and Mm -hmm. that the lawyer might have uh wanted uh, to be able to use this technology so that uh, in in this trial so that the lawyer would then be able to go out and talk about it as a, as a tool for marketing this product I, I'm not clear whether that association was drawn or not but uh, <laughs> so on one hand we have fast cases new product saying we can build arguments for you and then we have somebody suing saying if you use AI to build your arguments it's ineffective assistance to counsel so I don't know where that leaves us why well, well, oh,
4: sorry well, I, was so, I, I I have. I think there's a big, uh, in the Fuji's case, a big thing that people are sort of glossing over is when this happens. Like the news just came out now, but the trial at the time was in like 2018, 2019. So if they were using Gen AI from 2018 or 19, like that's not what's being used now. And even in it, it said it was the very, I mean, they, the people using it claimed it was the very first instance of AI being used in a trial. So it did seem very like stunty or like they really did want to push this and like it's not like they were using Gpt4 to do this they were using maybe at that time like what was out Gpt2 or Gpt3 which shouldn't be used even yeah. it's not even really clear that he knew they were doing it either so I think I mean yeah maybe just G um yeah so I mean <laughs> I think that's a big thing I think it's a little bit of a red herring about whether or not these tools, should be used, which is a valid discussion to have, but I don't know that in this case it would be the good argument for the use of them even generally based on the tools they were using. It just happened to be that the story broke now. But like, if you go on there, I went on the website of that company and they say things like we were GPT before GPT was cool. And they like, that really is what they were pushing. I'm like, but the tech wasn't there yet. I mean, it wasn't reliable yet. So it's a weird flex. In my opinion, yeah. well, and, and yeah, you, I mean, I mean, the inter- go ahead, Victor. Sorry, sure. go ahead. Yeah, well, ahead. well there, there, there,
3: there are a few interesting things about 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 this. Uh, first, first, on a related note, this, this lawyer, David Kenner, he's a fascinating character. Um, he was he was definitely he, he helped found death row records. Uh, and he was like sort of their their legal like conciliary for a long time. Like he when whenever anybody got in trouble for, you know, take your pick. pick. Um, I think <laughs> he represented Suge Knight on all of his cases. He represented Snoop Dogg on his murder case. He all these guys. So, so, and, and there have been allegations that he like, you know, funneled some money and did some stuff. So this guy's a fascinating character in his own right. So um, I definitely think that there's, there, there, there's more, there's more to this than, than you know, than that. But the other thing, yeah, it's kind of like, cause because on the one hand it's kind of like, well, it sort of sets up the whole conceit about this whole idea of whether or not AI is is, is there to help lawyers or, or, or to hurt them because the idea that a lawyer would use a, a, a generative AI to help them craft, you know, to help them like, you know, be, be more efficient, to be more, um, to be, you know, to be able to, 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 craft things more quickly and, and, and work, work smarter and that kind of stuff that would, that would seem to be a more an effective use, but, but it would, but if the argument is, well, you know, I expect my lawyer to come up with some bespoke, um, you know, closing argument that, you know, um, they, they have to spend a lot of time on and, and come up with, you know, to, to, to sway the jury and, you know, coming up with some cookie cutter, like. Um, you know, um, stuff from AI is 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 is, is going to reflect badly on me and badly on my case, and therefore it's ineffective. It, it sort of cuts against sort of like what the whole point of of what these tools are are, are supposed to to accomplish. So, yeah, it, it's sort of like yeah. Sort of like, what's what what what's that balance? Because It's like, well, you know, did he use it because he he you know he he felt like he needed some help on in an area and that only AI could help him with, or did he use it because he was lazy and didn't want to craft craft an argument? Um, that 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 you know that might have helped his client.
4: Well, and I think but, the third I, I one would, is they really wanted the attention too. If they, I mean, they were boasting it was the first use of AI, so that seemed like a third impetus. Sorry, Steve, I mean to cut Oh,
2: that's okay I, I just, uh, just kind of wonder how would you ever show causation in a case like that. I mean, so. <laughs> so it it would be what is it a better or worse closing argument than what the lawyer would have done on his own and irrespective of whether it was better or worse did that like most cases turn on the facts right (laughs) so it's hard to say that that using ai caused caused the case to be lost and the representation not to be not effective also was thinking about our friend in um in new york and <laughs> who was sanctioned by the judge for citing cases that didn't exist whether he could face a similar lawsuit by his client down the road so i don't know it's kind of weird yeah.
0: so if so i may the, the, just to i just be clear can though the trust the trial in. was in was in 2023 it was in march of 2023 so it's not a it wasn't that far back in terms of ai technology but-
4: Oh, maybe it maybe it was just filed earlier. Maybe it that's was filed was in twenty
0: seventeen, but it was oh, okay. for the trial this year. Yep.
4: Okay, got it. So I'm. Sorry,
0: gonna,
1: I'm gonna hop in and I apologize because I have bad timing and eyesight. <laughs> 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 but um, I gosh, like three about three weeks ago, I moderated a panel on Gen AI. and I just want to interject this part in which is the the base of knowledge for the AI is the most concern that I heard, which is whether you're dealing with contracts or you're um, a law firm, how you're sourcing that content and the privacy related to it, it. How smart can your AI be if you're limited in your abilities was was a big part of the discussion that we had. And I'm just throwing that one out there um, because we all have contracts. My kids have contracts for Pete's sake, uh, but how how you make your AI intelli- intelligent um, may not be within the parameters. So uh, one of the topics that came up was around intellectual property. So if you are a law firm or an organization that's bifurcated, you may not be permitted to to mix that salad, so to speak. Like you just, you, you, you can't look at everything across the board, which makes your AI a little bit less intelligent.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I think I think part of also just I mean in, in this specific case, again I go back to the point that Steve said how how can you prove causation? I mean, it it there does I'm trying to scan through the complaint and see if I can see if I thought there was an allegation that this guy in fact has a financial interest in the company. I mean that seems to really if he didn't disclose that to his company and he used that product in some way, and you know and was using it so that he could market the product or or, or have a, a case to you know use as a case study or something that that takes it to a whole other level again it's not yeah that, although that would be a there is would, not the ai it's the lawyer again doing yeah something i wrong. think that would be a kind of a different
2: kind of claim actually yeah. it's more of a uh ethical sort of not not diligently and 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 ethically representing your client more than a, well,
4: you, know, yeah. you caused
2: me to lose the case
4: to be fair they obviously put the ai in the headline but it's like the the document the file for the complaint or for the pleading about this or the appeal is like 113 pages long so i haven't even don't mm. i mean I'm, I'm, there's clearly more than just they use this tool yeah back well, or, you know there's
2: there- there's Sorry. a tool you can use, Stephanie. Chat GPT will summarize it. For you. Yeah, I've,
4: I've, I haven't gotten to that yet. I know. Or VLEX. Yeah. I do yeah. want to say, yeah. though, I mean, the VLEX tool I thought was very cool when I saw it.
2: Although although I have to wonder, what are these big law firms going to do with their summer associates now that VLEX can do that? I mean, that was always the task that you threw to the summer associates. Go do a 50-state survey. And
4: oh, my gosh. You have right.
2: something to do between parties.
0: Yeah. Right. Oh, I forgot to mention the other thing on the VLex tool, I, or did I mention it, the translation issue. I mean, you can, you can do a query and it'll go out and search across law in other languages, bring back the results, and it'll you know translate your query, go search other languages, translate back in English, and bring back the results in, in English. I mean, right now it's just Spanish, so it's the only other language, but yeah. it, they plan to expand that to, uh, to multiple languages yeah. and across their entire database.
4: So Spain is one of the four jurisdictions they have currently in it, but you could, you could search Spanish law in English too, though. And you can search English law in Spanish and yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I thought it was interesting because, so, I mean, I guess Ed was telling me he had run a, a demo with you, Bob, where you, they looked at an issue that was, you know, should public hearings be public record or something like that. It was a, a demo, something he had done with you. And the answer, cited I mean with all the backup was very very clear that what the answer to this question was and I was like well so just to play on devil's advocate what does it tell you if you have to argue the other side you have to build the argument for the other side and I was like well let's do it well we're talking about other stuff and it took five minutes only to do it and it was very clear it was very I mean it was like here are the few different ways things have been distinguished but really this is like you are on the losing side of this argument I mean it said it more legal briefy than that but um you are not on the good side here here are possible ways you could try to distinguish things but the law is pretty clear against you so it didn't try to give you something you know to make you happy it didn't do that oh we'll give you a brief cuz you want a brief that says this if it doesn't say that it didn't say it and so i thought that was important
0: actually the interesting thing about the demo that that demo that that demo that ed is talking about was he actually he and I together, because we wrote, wrote this little query into it, but we we misphrased the query. I realized after the fact, uh, so that it was for sort of ambiguously written in terms of what the what how, in terms of how it should have been written, and and, and yet uh, the the uh, the Victor AI uh, picked up on what it was we were trying to ask and gave us the answer to what it was we thought we were asking, but didn't artfully ask, uh, effectively. So that, that was even more impressive. I thought it, 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 it made up for our, uh, our lack of language skills or something. Right. Um, so anyway, all right. uh, all right, well, I know we're running short on time. We've got a couple more stories, Steve, you, you've got, uh, you've got, uh, uh, the, the no fakes, the no so, fakes, a, a, a title for your new t shirt, I think. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, it,
2: it, this was uh, a, a bill that was introduced by four senators. Uh, and our friend Doug Austin had a story on it. Uh, the bill is called Nurture Originals, Foster Art, and Keep Entertainment Safe Act, <laughs> otherwise known as No Fakes. And Doug and his And his article said figure it out on your own. (laughs) But I, you know, I picked this because it uh sort of demonstrates the difficulty that we're going to have with a lot of these deep fakes. Um the the definition of that they use is a of what a deep fake could be is a newly created computer-generated electronic representation of the image, voice, or visual likeness. And I immediately thought about the Google Pixel. New pixel camera that you know can take your frowning face in a picture and and turn it into a smiley face, and you know that's is that a newly created visual image? I don't know. The other thing was it, it apparently this was 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 um, referenced as something that would apply only to musicians, singers, actors, those kind of people. Although when I read through it. It didn't seem to be limited to that, which was a little troubling. And they got a lot of loose language in here, like readily identifiable and nearly indistinguishable, which, you know, I mean, they're just great, great things for, for lawyers uh, to argue about. There's a lot of exclusions like for news and sports and documentaries, criticism, all the sort of usual sort of stuff that you see it, it doesn't say fair comment, but I think that's included. And it's also got a incidental and de minimis exception, which, again, is just like, OK, we can we can argue about that in courtrooms from now till, you know, till doomsday. That's um, like
4: an issue spotting exam. like <laughs> Yeah.
2: And interestingly enough, it doesn't have an exclusion for games, video games. And I sort of thought about, you know, that would seem to be a, an area where this could come up. Um, really kind of one of the funny things about it, it of course says, okay, this is, this is a property right that you have and you can license it to others to use. But you can only license it to others if you, A, do it in writing, and B, are represented by a lawyer. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is a great little, you know, great lawyer's relief act. You know, you can you can license it. Victor can license his license, but only if he hires Bob to represent him to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of funny. And it didn't, it, it's like um, a lot of things, a lot of these kind of statutes. There is no criminal penalty. There's only a civil liability Starting at five thousand dollars and up for each violation. But the really interesting thing and the kind of a thing that it was troubling is there's no there's no defense spelled out in the in the proposed legislation for unknowingly uh, using a one of these sort of deep fakes. and that 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 can be kind of troubling because by their very nature, they're hard to know if they're fakes or not, right? So if you inadvertently used it and didn't know it, You know, are you going to now be hit with with uh, a lawsuit? But um, in any event, I think none of us have to worry about this bill at all, because as we all know, you know, no legislation is going to pass the House for the foreseeable future in any event. So we're pretty safe. And the last thing I'd like to point out about about deep fakes is this whole show, I've been looking at the ceiling fan behind Stephanie. And it appears to go in one direction most yeah. of the time, but then it appears to reverse itself. It really does, right? Bit. I know. And go back in the other. Yeah, it's really trippy. <laughs> so, like, it's yeah, yeah.
4: I'm just <laughs> so, a glitch in, a mat- in the matrix, y'all.
3: <laughs> but anyway, no, I thought it was a, what, what I was going to say is, is that, is that they, they should use this to create an AI speaker of the house. So therefore, you know, avatar.
0: But anyway, you know, a, say, Kristen's this got out. this sort of cosmic lighting going on. Also, yeah. on you can see that we're, we're it's all. like uh, it looks like you're being bathed in light from up above or something. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah.
2: anyway, I'm I just hiding to, from to make, my dogs right now. I, did, I didn't mean to make fun <laughs> of the you know what what appears to be an effort to to do something with these and it's a very troubling part problem as we've all talked about but it does kind of show that 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 creating some liability or a statute around this is is going to be hard to do and, just because of the nature of it and the fact that it's constantly changing anyway so
4: when you anyway. said we're not going to have to care about it i thought you were going to say because none of us are famous enough to be deep thanked. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well
0: I'm certainly not. <laughs> you guys may be. I
4: so. don't know. I think Bob is.
1: Bob's famous
0: <laughs> Totally. Deep fakes all over the place. But I mean, is aren't there did you what about the First Amendment here? I mean, obviously there's going to be some First Amendment protection for at least creating satire or something, maybe using but well, there's an I mean, I don't know exactly how you, Yeah. There is a, there there is is a is an that's in the for- statute. Yeah,
2: no, I, I, satire and comedy. And I mean, in many respects, you start reading through the exceptions and they kind of swallow up the whole thing. But, you know, no, I,
3: I'm, sure, um, I'm sure it's more like because I'm sure Hollywood probably threw their way behind it. I'm sure this is probably it's probably more to, to, to stop people from making movies with like using these people's images without without compensation or without. Um, Authorization and whatnot. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sure that that's the main thing driving this. Not nothing like political. Oh yeah, or,
2: it, it, I don't think there's I don't think there's any doubt about that. But they didn't they weren't very careful. And I'm not sure how you would craft something that could only apply to like famous people. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a it's a drafting problem really when you, when you yeah. think about it. Yeah. So so I'll so put the we... link to Doug's article in
0: the in the notes. I did. I put it in there. Oh, you did So open. We Thanks, so man. they can do defakes of us because we're not famous. They just can't do a famous people.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and yeah. I, don't I don't know, know what like the you, about the rest of you,
2: but I'm definitely not a singer, so I don't have to worry about that part either.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Stephanie had another story. I don't think we're going to get to it today because we are about out of time here, but maybe we can sorry, save Stephanie. it
2: for next
4: week. Or... I, took, no. I took your
0: spot. I'm sorry.
4: No, no you didn't. I talked about Whipple and, Fast yeah. case. It's fine. No, this, I don't really, I mean, it's very short story anyway, but it was just non AI for once. I picked it. So Kirkland, apparently they rolled this out in May, but they decided, decided to make it public. Now they had a tool that they're, let me get it right. It is called side tracker that their own investment funds, practice group developed for use by other members, like other investment funds attorneys. So they bypassed outside vendors and their own internal it department and Created it was like a purely lawyer created tool to help um, their own department do it. And it's just, I don't know, it was just notable because you don't hear a lot. Of, I just feel like everything we've been hearing out of Big Law lately has been chatbots. And so this was just completely different. And just, I don't know, I thought I'd be the non AI person for once on this panel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds good.
4: More proof that, that I'm a deep fake at the moment. <laughs>
2: So, any anymore that's kind of like being a
0: non-lawyer you know non-fiction AI <laughs> bad joke sorry <laughs> uh, is it you know is it I mean it is interesting when you hear about law firms doing uh anything uh well that didn't come out right. <laughs> I was going to say anything <laughs> innovative. They do innovative things, but when when they're doing things, sort when sort of out, of out of a practice group or something like that, emerges a need for a particular tech, and they and they develop it. There was at that KM seminar last week. There was some people from Gunderson who we already know developed their own GPT right. thing, but they were also talking about another project they had where they realized that the lawyers were all kind of getting um, sort of inundated. The labor employ, lawyers in their labor and employment group were kind of getting inundated with incoming requests from clients and all sorts of questions about this and that. Uh, and, and the, uh, the lawyers, the, the head of the practice group, had kind of heard about how tech companies have these ticketing systems and said, well, can't we just get a ticketing system for legal advice? And they went around and took one of those sort of tech ticketing systems and adapted it for their, their practice group. That was a kind of a cool thing to do. Art, yeah.
4: Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, nobody knows what your area needs more than your area. So if you want, if you have the ability to do it yourself... That's awesome. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, Kristen, you survived uh, a full hour <laughs> hanging out with us here today. Appreciate you doing that, and uh, and your dog and children and everybody else survived as well as they made various cameos during the during the course during the of the show. Uh, but we're I glad have a to spare have
1: child and a spare dog if anybody wants one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no thanks. <laughs>
2: Been there, done that. Yeah,
1: exactly. I'm down to two dogs and down to three <laughs> kids in the house right now. So hey, it's like I'm winning me and Charlie Sheen. We're winning. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Bob. Right. Thank you all for being so gracious. Um, right. I, I'm a frequent flyer as an observer. So I hope I brought a little something to the table.
0: It did. Thank you very it much. We'll have you back sometime. All right. Thanks to everybody. See y'all next week. Same time, same place. Have a good week. All right. Awesome.
1: Thanks, Rob. Have a great weekend, everybody.